Welcome in episode 30 of the PrintFest DFS podcast. My name is Justin Rue, alongside Scott Bandy. We're here to break down our week three DraftKings cash game lineups. Uh, the line of cash this week uh, was 145.4. It kind of varied here between uh, different contests, but I'm just looking at the massive $25 double up uh, on DraftKings and my lineup scored 152.2. So I, you know, finished seven points above line to cash and uh, Scott was not so lucky. We ended up having a two V two um, this week. Uh, I had Saquon and Higby and Scott ended up going with um, Boyd, Tyler Boyd and TJ Hawkinson. So paid up a tight end, bit him in the ass again. Um, we talk about this seemingly every Monday. We want to punt it off. This week, there really weren't a lot of great punt options. I mean, I guess Tyler Conklin was a great punt option. Um, but, yeah, Hawkinson just completely did you in. How you feeling off this week? I don't know, man. Like, I just made some decisions that kind of – they're just bad from a process perspective. I don't like paying up for tight end, but I thought Hawkinson was – you know, I thought he was – way underpriced like he should have been at least 6k for the usage and the production we've gotten from him um and i mean when he goes out there and he gets you know out targeted by darren fells he has less air yards than darren fells he has less receptions than darren fells like that's just what's going to happen and when you pay up at you know a 5.2k price tag for a tight end like i should have known from the get-go it was terrible um, I like either either one of us didn't think that he was going to be fifty percent owned either in double ups. So I guess his ownership made it a little less, you know, painful to to stomach. But I mean, yeah, just just some process mistakes on my behalf that you know I'll learn from, and you know I, I'm just a fish. Like I just I'm just a fish. <laughs> I don't even know what else, what else to say. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, they're finishing 13 points below line of cash. That is some uh that's some low T fish shit. Uh <laughs> all right. So let's let's just start with all the guys that we played. So we both played Justin Fields, 5,200, um, you know, in his rookie debut, starting debut. And um, it was like the worst game I've ever seen a quarterback have. And it wasn't all him. I mean, he was terrible, but the Bears just put him in absolutely horrible situations. Um he got sacked so many times, like nine or ten times. Nine. Um, he was under pressure, like 55% of his dropbacks. Couldn't get anything going. They just look completely out of sorts. Matt Nagy is a total dunce. And Justin Fields is way better than this. We know he's a stud. Um, but he looked like absolute shit. They weren't designing any runs for him. We thought he would probably get you know, 40 or 50 yards at least rushing. And um, they just got the doors blown off by the Browns 5,200, you know, I, I would play him again. I think it was a, a mistake not to, at least I didn't consider any other quarterbacks on the slate. I didn't even try to make lineups with Lamar or with Kyler um, with Herbert or anybody like that. Maybe I was a mistake to not even try, but I thought fields was such a smash play that I didn't even try. Yeah. This whole thing with field, he was way lower owned than I think we thought, like 15% double ups. I thought that he was just going to be a lock, like a 5.2K. He gave you the rushing floor, the guys like 
Burks and Lamar and Kyler gives you at a two to three K discount. Like, so I'm just sick of talking to Matt Nagy. Like he's literally the worst fucking coach in the league. Like I've never coached a down of football in my life. And I know that when you have Justin Fields runs a four, four, you design runs for him. You find ways to take advantage of that skill set. You don't just send him in the freaking pocket against one of the leagues, you know, a top half of the league defense in his first start. Like, you got to do something to help this guy out. But instead, he he gets sacked nine times. He only completes six passes, 30% completion percentage. Like, it was literally – I saw a stat that said it was the second worst um, yards per play from an offense in this century. Well, we could quit. We quite literally couldn't have had a worse field. It's like, holy shit, dude! Like thirty point nine points. And what did us in was that he was only fifteen percent. Right. If he was massive chalk, it wouldn't have hurt as bad. Uh, I know the the combination for me having fields at fifteen percent give me three points at quarterback with Hawk paying up at, with at, uh, at five point two k with Hawkinson. With him getting me three points, a combination of those two getting six, and I played Osborne as well, but that's negligible because he was 3.5K. Uh, we knew that was in his range of outcomes. But, yeah, Fields being 15% and putting in performance like this, it, it sets you behind the eight ball a little bit. Like, you're going to have to come, you know, crawling back. But you got there. I did not. Uh, but, yeah, this was literally the worst performance I've ever seen from a quarterback and a coach. Right. Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. Moving over to a running back, we both end up playing Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler. Derrick Henry ended up being um, around 18% owned, home favorite against Indianapolis. I, you know, 8,600, uh, he's starting to be involved in the passing game more, like we mentioned on the pod on Friday. And, you know, he ended up having, uh, I believe, three receptions here for another 30 yards. He got the bonus. You know, he was going to get the bonus getting over 100 rushing yards. He ended up putting up 22.4 without even getting into the box. I mean, if this guy gets in the box, he puts up 28, um, gets in there twice, and he's, you know, he's blasting over 30. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, potentially got a little bit unlucky here with Henry. Um, but still, I mean, the fact that he can put up 22.4 without scoring a touchdown is showing that this guy is going to be a smash moving forward if they keep involving him in the passing game. Yeah, man, his floor has been raised a ton with, with this receiving work. He's had three catches at least in every game now, I think. Yep. Uh, maybe he had two week one, but I believe he had three. Uh, yeah, I think we ran a little unlucky. We got cucked by that McNichols touchdown, too, uh, which sucked. And there's not – I mean, there ain't many games that Derrick Henry's not going to score in games that they win. Like, if Titans win – if I tell you the Titans won this game by nine, you're going to think Derrick Henry scored. Um. So, yeah, going forward, um, you know, if he's going to have this kind of receiving floor, he's going to be a lot more, you know, stomachable as a, as a cash play. Uh, I think we were both a little surprised at his ownership, only 17% uh, in the double up. Um, it seemed like after the Dalvin news came out, you know, originally I was thinking that people would just, you know, pivot right from, da from Dalvin to Henry. Because, you know, it's really scary to fade Henry. And he was in a great spot, you know, similar price tag. But it, what actually happened was people just went straight to Madison. And, you know, some of the, some of the ownership was uh, taken away from Henry. Um, but, you know, all in all, he was fine. Um, 
you probably want a little bit more at eight point six price tag, but I mean he that's fine. Yeah. And then Austin Eckler, we both end up playing him, 7,200. We know the kind of pass-catching role he has. Shootout game here against Kansas City. He ended up being 27.8% owned, so decently chalky here. Um, ended up putting up 22.7, had six receptions, 52 yards receiving. Um, he had the receiving touchdown, 55 yards on the ground. Uh, really solid all-around day from Eckler. It's about what we expect from him. And, um yeah, 22.7, real solid. I, I feel really good about the process of Eckler. I you know, love the player. We love his role. Just I'm surprised more people didn't play him. Yeah, me too. He's just a total stud. Like, he's literally Alvin Kamara. Like, they're literally the same player, <laughs> except Eckler's in a much better offense now. Yeah. 27.8% um, like that ownership is probably around what we thought. I thought he'd be around 30 um in this game against the Chiefs like it just set up well they were I think six point or six and a half point dogs um you know we got six receptions solid rushing floor 55 yards we ended up getting the, the touchdown so he was completely play uh completely fine play it was the best game on the slate um you know the Chargers they scored 30 against that shitty Kansas City defense and you know getting exposure to that game uh through him is is really really nice yeah, and the last running back I played, because um, you went with a four-wide receiver build this week, so I ended up going with Saquon, 6,500 at home. We talked about him on Friday. You know, it's just too cheap for Saquon where he, play, he was coming off a game playing 84% of the snaps. He ended up playing 86% of the snaps this week, um, which is just an, an awesome workload. There was only one running back uh, on the active roster behind him um, and Gary Brightwell and I think Elijah Penny, which is their – fullback so I mean taking on Atlanta in this spot I, I just I couldn't get away from him he ended up being 31.4 percent owned so um again decently chalky here uh you want to talk about your fade on on Saquon yeah, I mean I'm just a fish dude like I'm just complete fish like I said on Friday that I, I thought it was a little bit of a trap but I said it was like seemingly the perfect spot for him you know coming off a long week you know, they were home favorites against one of the worst freaking defenses we've ever seen. And he's Saquon Barkley, and he's 6.5K. Like, yeah, I guess it did kind of feel like a trap on Sunday morning when the news broke that, you know, Devontae Booker was a, a healthy scratch and there was only Gary Brightwell behind him. Like, that should have just told me, like, okay, they're fully confident in him. He's going to be on the field for every snap. Like, I was trying to tell I'm you just that. A, I'm just a fish. <laughs> like, I just overthought it. The problem was – like I experimented with a with a build with Saquon and fading Henry. Problem is, I'm just a pussy and I didn't want to fade Henry, um, and I got scared. And that build would have given me Saquon Barkley and Keenan Allen. Um, so I think I think think the lineup was Barkley, Eckler, Keenan, Godwin, Cup, and Boyd. I think. Um, and if I play that, then I make money. You know, so uh, it just came down like I struggled all day Sunday morning with fading Derrick Henry. And uh, we were on the FaceTime. And I was like, all right, I'm fading Henry. And then I was like, all right, now I can't fade Henry. I'm going to hear touchdown. Titans. No, yeah, yeah. You and it's going to be just a visual of Derrick Henry just galloping 55 yards to the end zone. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with that. So, um, Derrick Henry just ruins every slate that he's on when he's going to be chalky. Like, I just wish people didn't play him. 
I wish he just didn't exist. Uh, he's just a scary fade, and he's also scary to play. But, yeah, I'm just a fish for, for fading Saquon at 6.5K. Like, he's one of the best uh, running backs in the league. So, I, I have I have no excuses for this. I'm just – I have gills. Like, I, I'm straight up fish. Moving over to wide receiver, uh, we both played Cooper Cup. Um, we don't have to be long on this one. He was 59% on. We talked about him on Friday. If you don't play Cooper Cup, you're a total fish. And it turns out 40% of people are total fish um, on DraftKings. So, so that's wonderful. Um, he should have been literally 100% owned at 6,800 um, in a shootout taking on Tampa Bay. He went nine for 96 and two, scored 30.6. He was an awesome play. There's not really much more else to say. He should be oh, – I looked at the prices for next week. He's 7,800. That's fine. I, you know, that's, that's not too high. Like, he didn't play again. Yeah, I mean, I might be a fish, but I'm not that big of a fish that I faded Cooper Cup. Like, what, what are, what are, uh, you know, what are 41 percent of the field doing here? I have uh, no what idea. What the hell are you doing? He's <laughs> literally in this offense. He's literally the best receiver in the league for fantasy. Like, he's getting massive volume with Stafford, and he's getting massive touchdown equity. Like, especially in a game where there was no Darrell Henderson against a pass funnel defense, in a game that you talked about, they were probably going to throw double what they had. Uh, I don't know what Stafford ended up with, but I think we got another like 12 or 13 targets from Cooper Cup. Two more touches. Like, he was just a complete smash. And if you didn't play him, then, like, I don't even know. Like, you literally should have built your lineup around Cooper Cup. So, if you didn't play him, then I, I don't know what to tell you. But he, like, every single – he's literally the best receiver in fantasy right now. Yeah, he's on fire. They end up throwing the ball 38 times. Um, so – not as high as I thought, but still higher than uh, what they have been the last 10 more times. Like I, I mentioned on Friday um, that he was averaging 28 pass times a game. He ended up throwing the ball 38. So we knew that the pass times would be up here. And, um, yeah, Cooper Cup was an awesome play. Uh, Chris Godwin, we both ended up playing Chris Godwin. He ended up going six for 74. Tim Bay was kind of getting trounced uh, throughout this entire game. They were down by two touchdowns for seemingly the entire game. Um, six for 74. Um, you know, 6,100 in a shootout, great game environment, no Antonio Brown. He ended up being 38.7% owned. So, uh, you know, extremely chalky, uh, he ended up getting a rushing touchdown. So kind of got there 19.6, uh, exactly what we needed for 6,100. I feel great about the process on Chris Godwin. The results were there, um, which is really solid. Yep. Warren Locke said there, like he was just way too cheap in a game. You know, this had a 55-plus total. You know, there was new Antonio Brown, a 6.1K price tag. I know people were scared about Jalen Ramsey, but you can only put so much into that. Like, I'm pretty sure he did, in fact, uh, shadow Mike Evans for a lot of the game, just like he did last year when these two teams played. But, again, you can only give so much of that. At the end of the day, Chris Godwin has led the team in targets. He's led the team in snaps. He's led the team in routes. Um, and it was a game with no AB who I still think AB is one of the best receivers in the league when he's on the field. So against the Rams team that we knew was going to put up points because Tampa Bay's defense sucked. Um, so you can't ask for anything more than we got here. We did a lot. I think we lucked out a little bit with that end round touchdown, but, um, you know, at 6.1 K, like he should have been seven K. Yeah, he was, he was underpriced for sure. He was underpriced in this spot. Um, the third wide receiver that we played was KJ Osborne. Um, he was 3,500 in at home against Seattle. 
we knew this was an awesome, awesome game environment, 55 and a half total. Um, the game ended up going under that total, hitting, uh, what, 47 there. But uh, either way, you know, he only had 4.6 points. He had two targets. He ended up going two for 26. Um, you know, not great. Not great at all. But, you know, he was coming off a couple of games where he had a 19% target share, um, you know, in weeks one and two. So that's decent enough. And, you know, they were running a lot more um, 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers on the field. Um you know, since Irv Smith, Irv Smith has been hurt. So, you know, I feel fine about this KJ Osborne play. It wasn't the most, you know, optimal play, but it kind of fit everything else. It got me to Henry Barkley and Eckler, got me to Cup and Godwin. So, um, yeah, I, I would probably make the play again. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I agree. Like the two games prior, he had nine targets and six targets. This is the third receiver on the team. And this is a game, again, that had a 55-and-a-half point total. They were at home. The game's in the dome. Um, they were dogs. Like, this set up well. And then a 3.5K price tag, he's that cheap for a reason. Like, you you have to build in that you know, a two-for-26 performance as well within his range of outcomes. But he's so cheap for a player who's playing the majority of the snaps. He's gotten solid target volume. Um, they're at home. The total was 55.5. Like, that's one of the premier games on the slate. Just so happened that Seattle didn't show up. Uh, and this game went, you know, nine points under, eight points under, whatever it was. So, yeah, I mean, 4.6 points, you're never going to be shocked about that. And it's really, you know, you find a player at 3.5K who has upside, which he did in a great total, which it was. And, you know, he just didn't get there. But from a process perspective, I'm still completely fine with, with, with Osborne. Yeah. So let's touch on defense, and then uh, we'll flip over to your team. So we both end up going to Bengals. You know, defense, I'm always looking to pay down as far as I can. Cheapest viable defense. Uh, they were 2,100. They were 30% owned. So they were, you know, I think they were the chalkiest defense on the slate. Taking on Pittsburgh, we know Big Ben sucks. Uh, they haven't scored 12 points, so totally, totally smashed. They're like 10x uh, <laughs> their salary there. Um, yeah, Bengals were an awesome play. I think that we can kind of both – put that one to bed. The Bengals are the best play on the slate. Um, all right, so let's touch on tight end. So Tyler Higby, um, I ended up rolling with. So two weeks in a row now I've been on Higby. And I had to stay with him because last week uh, he completely you know destroyed me. He was 4K last week or maybe 4,100, whatever it was. Um, and, you know, he was chalk last week, completely destroyed me. He had like one catch for eight yards um, against Indianapolis. He played 100% of the snaps. He was out there running a ton of routes. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go back to him. I love this game environment. He's still going to play 100% of the snaps. He's still cheap. He's still 4K. Um, and he ended up going five for 40 and got into the box. Um, so at 4K, putting up 15 points, that's a total smash um, for a tight end. He was probably like a tight end two or three on the on the week, <laughs> you know, scoring 15 points. So, um, you know, I, I – tinkered around with some lineups that had Tyler Conklin because he was 2,900 in that awesome game environment and Conklin ended up completely smashing. He scored like 20. Um, so those lineups would have absolutely hammered, but I'm perfectly fine with Tyler Higby. Um, do you have any thoughts on Higby and then you can go over and, uh, and share your lineup. Yeah. I really liked Higby too. Um, you know, Sunday morning, the, the part of my stress was that I was tinkering around with a two V two. And I'll just share my screen now. Um, but my 2v2 
was Keenan Allen in a sub three nine receiver. Um, you see my screen? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So my, my two v two was Keenan Allen in a sub three nine receiver because that's just where the salary left me, which was really really frustrating because I wanted to play, you know. Higby at 4K. So being 100 off was really, really frustrating. So then it turned into a 2v2 between um, it was Keenan Allen and Austin Hooper versus Tyler Boyd and TJ Hawkinson. And I didn't like Hooper. I wasn't going to play Jared Cook because that would have given me three chargers. Uh, if I went down to Komet or Conklin, it left me in a weird place with salary that I didn't know what to do with. Um I didn't want to call, come off the Bengals because I thought they were far and away the best sub 3K defense because Big Ben is – like he couldn't be more dust here at this point. <laughs> so I didn't want to come off of them. I wasn't going to not play Goblin. I wasn't going to not play Cup or Eckler or Henry or Fields. I would have came off Fields, but only if it got me up to Herbert. And it, the salary didn't work out that way. So um, really it was my hesitation about the tight end that is what, you know, put me on Boyd and Hogginson. I thought that – Hawkinson had shown a very, very strong floor that he was getting nine and a half targets a game. He was clearly the top target for golf going into this game. And then it's, I don't know what the hell happened here, but you know, Hawkinson at 5.2 K get me three points. Like it's against everything that I preach about paying down for tight end, but Hawkinson, like Baltimore just got smashed twice. Um, by by Waller and Kelsey, so I was confident that Hawkinson would be able to do, do the, be able to do the same thing. I'm a Ravens fan, right? And like I watched Hollywood Brown drop three touchdowns in the same like like within like a 20 minute time span, mm-hmm. and I just can't help but think that you know if Hollywood catches two of those touchdowns, and this game isn't this close because it shouldn't have been this close at all. Maybe then Hawkinson gets that garbage time or gets some kind of more production. But, God, golf just dumped down to DeAndre Swift every time. And then it'd be all, you know, Khalif Raymond's out here getting eight targets. Darren Fell out here out-targeting, getting more air yards than Hawkinson. Like, oh, my goodness. Everything was a dump down to Swift. Raymond got, I'm going to say it again, eight targets for Khalif Raymond. Like that, <laughs> that's just that's mind-boggling. Hawkinson gets two targets. But, you know. That's the nature of the position when it's not Kelsey or Waller. So I should have known better. Um, this is now three weeks in a row that I've paid up for tight end and it's bit me in the ass. Um, so, yeah, I'm just a fish. I need I need to just stop getting in my own head. And he was a great play. And you could say that from the ownership. Like, he was, he was owned by more than half the field. Um, so it, it is what it is. It's just one of those games. Um, you just hit a stone four here, so. Uh, and then the other guy I rolled with was Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, he was 19% in at 4,700. 4, he had a fine game, you know, four for 36, ended up getting the box, um, you know, 13.6 points, maybe wanted a little bit more out of him. I don't even know if he caught a ball in the second half. Um, you know, I was I didn't follow that game too much. But, yeah, I mean, he was fine with T. Higgins being out. We knew that the, the target share was going to be pretty consolidated between, you know, Boyd and Chase. Chase ended up catching the two touchdowns. He's just such a freaking beast. Um, but, you know, expect a little bit more from Boyd here, though. Pittsburgh, you know, we know they're a solid defense, and their offense did little to nothing to put up a fight in this game. So, uh, but, you know, I thought Boyd was just too cheap for his projected, you know, workload. Um, so, uh, 
4.7K, I'm not mad about 13.6. But, you know, ended up with 132 points. And what really did me in was just getting 10 points combined from Fields, Osborne, and Hawkinson. And it had nothing to do with Osborne because, you know, he was fine at that price tag. But Hawkinson at 5.2K getting three points, that hurt. And my quarterback getting me less than four points. Like, goodness, you can't have a combination like that and not expect the win. I think going into the late games, I was nine points below the line of cash with Cup, Goblin, and who was it? Osborne. Cup, Goblin, and Osborne going into the late games. I could have swapped, but I decided not to. If I was going to swap, it would probably have just been from Goblin to Evans, and it wouldn't have got me there anyway. I think that even if I had swapped to, like, Justin Jefferson to get off, you know, Madison, Chalk, if I would have swapped off, I didn't want to swap off Cup because he was just going to go off. Um, but it just so happened that I played all the chalk and the chalk went off for the most part. And, you know, every time the line of cash moved, I didn't move with it. So um, it was a bad week. You know, I learned from, learned from some of my process mistakes. Um, really just got to stop messing around with these tight ends. Uh, that That's the main thing. Um, so, you know, on to another week. But. Yeah, I'm one and two on the season now, so we got to get this thing going. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, somehow I'm hanging on. I, you know, the last couple of weeks I've not had my best weeks. This week was a solid week, um, but you know, I survive in advance. I'm three and zero on the season, heading into week four. With that, we're gonna be back on Friday night, breaking down the week four DraftKings main slate, like we do every Friday. Um, you know, until then, good luck, everybody.